Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God, and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is community. I'm Tom Brown, and your host today, Pastor Mark Buckley. Welcome to Koinonia. This is Mark Buckley, and I'm really glad to be with you. This is a special day for me because in the studio is Nisa and she is, uh, I, I was going to say Nisa Bynum because I've known you your whole life practically as Nisa Bynum, but now I have Nisa Moak here in the studio. Welcome, Nisa. Thank you so much, Mark. We're going to get to know you up close and personal. You've got a special gift that God's given you, and, and people are going to learn a little bit about hearing God's voice and prophecy as we go on in this show. But I want to begin just by letting you tell your story. How did you get to a place like this? Okay, well, it's um, interesting because we, we were talking just a couple minutes ago off the air, and I was saying that in 1990, my grandmother was listening to the radio station and Mark had a program, and my family found themselves in a time of crisis. And so uh, she said, well, there's this pastor that I've been listening to on the radio, and I really like him, so we're going to show up at his church. And we ended up at Living Streams, and my family found a lot of healing there and a lot of God's goodness and God's grace. And we were there for, I kind of lost count, so it was a long time that my family was a part of Living Streams, pretty much up until um, I, yeah, I'm 35 now, and so I'm doing the math. That's like 25 years. Well, 27 <laughs> so, years. 27. 27 years. You were a, you were a kid, you. and now you're a woman of that God. It was a long and you're, time. You're, you're doing a ministry that's incredible, and I want to I give people some hope today as they listen to your story, because it's not like your life just unfolded without trial and trauma. And a lot of people think, oh, my family's got crises. My family's dysfunctional. Therefore, I'm not sure if God really loves me. I'm not sure if I can really trust God. It doesn't seem like his plan's unfolding for me the way I was hoping it would. And I don't really know if anybody has an understanding that God's plan just unfolds beautifully and wonderfully, do they? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Well, I definitely had like my share of struggles and things like that when I was in college. You can kind of say that it was like a testimony building time. And then I, um, I graduated from college and I decided I wanted to get serious about following the Lord. And there was a, a few, you know, key things that happened in that season. But I started teaching high school and I realized all of a sudden I had 150 accountability partners because <laughs> the, they'd ask me honest questions all the time, you know. And so I wanted to answer them honestly about my life. And so I worked in the high school and I started leading Young Life and uh a few years into doing that, I felt like I was being called into a different type of ministry. And it was really wild because I remember having this day. I know that it's not always the way that the Lord works. Sometimes you you have a hunch that he's leading you in a direction and he just asks you to step out blindly. And um, But this happened, I feel like it's part of God's goodness or his grace. And it, it extended into my ministry time when I went into full-time ministry in the church. But I was praying and as and I as I was praying, I had a list of like things before me, and I had a seminary notes before me, and things that I thought I might want to apply for seminary, and I had student loans on the other side because I was thinking I don't want to have any more debt. So I feel like you're right. asking me to do more, Lord. And so as I was praying, I was saying, Lord, I feel like you're calling me into ministry. Would you make it really clear to me? And before I even said Amen, um, that I got a call from someone who worked at Living Streams and they said, hey, we um, need a children's pastor and we feel like you're it. 
And I just, that was too immediate of a response for, for prayer for me. So I actually said, I'm just going to have to call you back in a little bit. So, um, but that's how I actually started in ministry. And so I started working in ministry. But at the same time that I started working in ministry, um, at the same time, I found myself in a season where my parents' marriage was falling apart. Which is a heartbreaking reality. And a lot of our listeners have experienced that. We're going to talk about some of the heartbreak, some of the disappointment, and how God even uses that to weave his purposes all together. My guest is Lisa Moak. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of Koinonia. is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am Tom Brown. Shonda Pierce, the Happily Laughter After Tour is coming up Thursday, October 13th at Highlands Church. You can get your tickets right now at faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. And now, here's Mark Buckley. Welcome back to Koinonia. My guest is Lisa Moak. Um, I mean, Nisa, I'm sorry. Nisa, <laughs> um, you've been married now for how long? I've been married for about six months. Six months. Mm-hmm. So and um, one of the things that a lot of young women have a struggle with is when they start following the Lord, they want to get serious. They want to build their life. They want to have a, their own family. And that prayer isn't always answered quickly. How did you deal with the fact that um, even though you love ministry and love the Lord, you're ready to start your own family, and just because you're ready doesn't mean everything's going to come together right away? Oh, yeah. So I was when I was 22, I um, had found myself in a place where I, I like to say I had a lot of I had a lot of carnage, dating carnage behind me. And so I told the Lord, I'm going to wait on you. And I thought like, yeah, he'd probably give me a month. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like I'll be good. And uh, instead it was um, like, it was about 13 years. And, um, and I, I, I went, I would go on like a first date or, and maybe, yeah, probably a first date is probably all I went on for. And I went on uh, quite a few of them. But my husband is the first man who hung around for a few more dates. And I really did see like the Lord's provision in it because like I would just see like the Lord intervene over and over again. Um, But it was a long time and it wasn't my timeline. It wasn't what I was thinking. But one of the things I feel like the Lord did in that was um, he blessed me with such a beautiful and a sweet season. Like I had so much adventure with the Lord. I got to experience so much ministry. Um, inside and outside of the church. I have rich and deep friendships and a great network and community. And I I just, the Lord's goodness was in it. He grew me up, you know? And so some women are um, flourish and it's beautiful and it's wonderful at 22. Mm -hmm. 
And for me, that would just not have been the same. Like I'm just such a different woman at 35. And so um, for for me, it was just waiting on the Lord and like continually, you know, trusting in his goodness. But I really got to see a lot of his goodness along you know, the way. Oftentimes um, there's a spiritual principle. I find it in Hebrews chapter nine, where it said, uh, where it says basically this, um, in order for a will to take effect, there must be the death of the one who made it. And it's referring in its um, primary fashion to for God's will, new covenant to take effect, God himself, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, had to die for the new covenant to take effect. But there's also a spiritual principle that sometimes we have to die to the things we want so bad in order for those things to come to pass. And I would imagine you had to give up a dream of a marriage and a family many, many times and die to it and then just move on with your life, didn't you? Oh, I did. Absolutely. Um, it was probably about, I could say at about 25 or 26, I, even though I was still really young, I just felt like, well, that was, I, I just had to totally surrender that to the Lord. And there was, and I saw a lot of women that I really loved and respected that, you know, hadn't been married or I'd also seen uh, being in ministry. I'd, I've seen the reality of a lot of marriages. And so um, I definitely, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. And I would honestly say that by the time I came to dating my husband, I was in a place where I was actually like, I don't know that I'm going to get married. Right. You know, I don't know that that's what I, because that's how far the dream had gone. In fact, I'd really lost touch with that <laughs> so much that I like realized a couple of times while I was dating him that like, oh wait, I really did give this to the Lord. I got to figure out how to gain this identity a little bit. So, um, but that's that's not an easy process. But I but that's the only way. Um, I. It's the only way. I had to put my hope in something else. You know, yeah. there's that uh, the scripture verse that um, hope deferred makes the heart sick, mm-hmm. and that's not. Um, that's that's about not having hope. You know, that's right. about not, it's not about, I, I, I it's about being set up and disappointed and you, you, mm-hmm. you begin to have an expectation and then it goes away. What I loved about your lifestyle and, and because we worked together at Living Streams, I was able to observe what you were doing. Um, I loved the fact that you didn't go half heartedly, but you went wholeheartedly into God's kingdom, wholeheartedly into ministry, pursuing the Lord, getting involved in people's lives. And, um, because of that, you did develop a network of people and relationships, and you went from being um, a young girl who loved Jesus to being a full-on woman of God. And that takes a period of dedication and commitment and wholehearted devotion that a lot of people never quite experience. <laughs> it's like the one thing I got to say about the Mormons is they at least give people two years as a missionary to, to have a wholehearted devotion, which is really helpful. Yeah, thank you. That's part of the grace and singleness of uh, grace and gift of singleness. Like I really think that and you can use that time for anything that you wanted to. But I was like, Lord, if you're going to give me this, I'm just going to have to dive in and take, you know, everything that you have. Um, So I was going to take every opportunity, every, you know, any, any, any glimpse of, of um, ministry that he had, like, I was just like, I'm, I'm going to go for it because I felt like he was giving me an opportunity. He was giving me something that I didn't see that he was giving everybody else. Right. So I figured that was for a reason. Yeah. And I think one of the big challenges of life is that there's never an event that makes life wonderful when it comes to the new job, the new house, the new 
uh, marriage, the new whatever. Life doesn't become wonderful because of one of those events. Life becomes wonderful because the grace of God is working in your life in a deeper way, and you have a thankful heart, and you can accept your circumstances because every new event brings a whole new set of trials, doesn't it? Every new job, every new move, every new relationship. There's, there's new challenges, new giants to fight, etc. Oh, definitely. And I, so I by no means have this down at all. So I'm not at all an expert in this, but I think that one of the things that the Lord really has taught me and something that's like ingrained in me as a core value is the goodness of God. And so I'm going to trust that he is good no matter what the circumstances mm-hmm. are, because there's been a lot of circumstances that I've had in my life that have been out of my control. I would have done things differently a long time ago. And I, so I've learned to surrender to the goodness of God. And I'm so grateful that I have because he's always way better than I thought he was going to be. You know, even in pain and trial, God's goodness is really rich. And so that is something that he has really ingrained in me is his goodness. Amen and amen. Now, you alluded earlier to the fact that your parents went through a divorce. And my parents went through a divorce. And I think for most of us, no matter how dysfunctional our family is, it is a painful thing for uh, even a young adult or an adult when their parents get divorced because you love them both and you get frustrated with whoever is the major perpetrator or whatever. How have you processed the disappointment and heartache in your natural family? I've I've processed it through a lot of different seasons, but... um the first thing I did was I think I, I it was inward. I focused on myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think that what I'm explaining to you right now is all going to be healthy. But I, you know, so I, I was really concerned about myself. And you guys are going to make your decisions. But now how am I going to figure out how I'm not going to make that decision? And as the Lord grew something in me and as I started to heal, I started to pray for reconciliation for my family mm-hmm. and for all of our hearts to be healed. Um, and so there's a list of things that I would say that kind of went into trying to figure out how to be healthy when you see others around you not in a place where you would have chosen. But one of the things is real practical, like eating right and exercising and mm-hmm. like, be, you know, actually like physically trying to be healthy. And then I started to realize that I um, there were some circumstances that are outside of my control and outside of my wisdom. So I needed wise people in my life that I could gain wisdom from. And so I sought out mentors. And then I also realized that I probably needed somebody who professionally understood some of the experiences I had been through and some of the, when you go through a divorce, that's a death of your family unit. And so there's a lot of grief involved. And so um, I started professional counseling, which was one of the best things that I've done with somebody who really loved the Lord and who was a licensed professional who could walk with me through some of the stuff that um, I'd been experiencing. That's really neat, Nisa, because, you know, when when, um, we go through pain, there's a big temptation to just want to escape, right? That's why people get into drugs and alcohol abuse, and that's why people overeat and just let themselves go because they're feeling pain and they're mad and they're mad at God because how did he let this happen to them? And so then they go and do something oftentimes that compounds the problem, and then they feel even worse and more disconnected. Or you can say, I I like the fact that you said, you know what, I'm going to have to take care of myself because I don't have my family around to take care of me in the same way. You can make a choice to say, I'm going to double down in terms of what it means to really be a disciple, which is discipline 
in the natural and in the spirit. Thanks. Yeah. And I would actually, I'm going to to say that the first thing I did was not take care of myself. And that's how I learned to take care of myself. You know, after a good six months, I realized like that that this was going to be a necessary means. And so that was kind of a turning of direction. So it wasn't that I knew to go to that right away. Well, and, and grief, what you're talking about is a response to grief. Okay. Grief is disillusioning. It can come in any number of ways. It can come because somebody gets fired. It can come because you made a bad investment and you got burned. It can come because you're, mm. you've been betrayed by a spouse or your family blew up. I mean, that's just, or it can be a physical illness. There's a multitude of ways that grief comes into our life and nobody's immune from it. Nobody gets to choose how it comes. Nobody can guarantee a lifestyle or a a set of principles that protects you from everything. You can't just plead the blood of Jesus or build a a hedge of, because we're talking about a lot of other people's lives and all of our lives intersect and interact. Well, one of the things I've really appreciated about you, Nisa, is your ability to hear from the Lord. And this will probably bleed over into our next segment as well. But I want you to talk with our listeners about how you learned to really hear from the Holy Spirit. Because you have a prophetic gift, you can uh, hear from the Lord in a way that can be profound for other people. Uh, And um, when we come back (laughs) from this, will you talk to us about that? Great, absolutely, I'd love to. There there is a supernatural dimension to my guest's life. Um, She has a, she's what we would call a prophetess in this day and age. And I want you to learn, Jesus said that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. So I want you to learn how she hears from the Lord, because as you hear from the Lord, the ministry God's given you will increase exponentially. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Stream. Stay tuned to Koinonia. We're going to be right back after these messages. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am Tom Brown. Shonda Pierce, the Happily Laughter After Tour is coming up Thursday, October 13th at Highlands Church. You can get your tickets right now at faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. And now, here's Mark Buckley. Welcome back to Koinonia. My guest is Nisa Moak, and um, Nisa is what, she's a prophetess. She hears from the Lord, and she has got a proven ministry over years of uh, speaking the word of the Lord to people. If you don't believe that Jesus is alive and that the gifts of the Spirit are real, just stay tuned because this may help you. Nisa, um, you didn't always grow up with a, a prophetic understanding. Talk to us about how you learned to hear God's voice and moved into prophetic ministry. Well, I the at the beginning of the segment, I was talking about my grandmother who decided to come to Living Streams. And so I got to see the Lord move in some powerful ways in her life as a little girl. And so I feel like I probably, my relationship with the Lord first began as understanding that Jesus was a friend. Mm-hmm. 
And so you could talk to Jesus however you would talk to a friend. And so that would be how I would say my prophetic ministry Mm -hmm. began. Um, And then I started to realize I can I can see different bits of things and and throughout high school and college. And but when I started ministry, I started realizing there was some um, other things that the Lord was stirring in me. Just as you're maturing, he was growing some other gifts. And so, um, you know, the the scripture says pursue prophecy. And I I believe that everyone can hear from the Lord. You know, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and I'll tell you great and hidden things you have not known. And a lot of us have the scripture verse, Jeremiah 29, 11 memorized, you know, that God has great plans for you. But what comes right after that, I think are these powerful verses where it says, do you want to know my plans? Then seek me with all your heart for surely I will not, you know, withhold them. I'll reveal them to you. And scripture is full of all of this richness that talks about a God who's speaks to his people. And so I believe that's part of the character of God, that he's a God who speaks. And so I, I started, I started asking him, if you're a God who speaks, then I just want to hear you. Like, I want to know what you're saying. And so I started pursuing prophecy. And when I say pursuing prophecy, I I think I just started listening when I was praying. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of us, maybe uh, you might've heard this type of illustration before, but my prayer life at one time looked like calling and leaving a message and then hanging up. Yeah, right. You know? And, then, and this is what's... <laughs> I don't expect you to get back to me anytime soon, but I just thought I'd... <laughs> yes. And so so then, I, so then if Jesus is a friend, then I expect him to speak back to me. I expect, expect him to talk back to me. And then the Lord started doing really sweet things in that um, there were different people that I knew that had a prophetic gifting and I would notice for a year, one of our pastors would pray in, med- in our prayer, um, in our pastor's meetings. And every time he would pray, it would be whatever I was just praying, like in the Lord, like to my head. And I started realizing, well, that's really strange because everything that was just, you know, on my heart, this man just spoke out. And I feel like it was this gentle way that the Lord started showing me like that. No, I was actually listening to his Holy Spirit. I was actually, and and he was showing me in somebody that I trusted Mm -hmm. and that I knew heard from the Lord. And so I started, I started realizing, okay, he's speaking to me. Um, And then another, um, this makes people uncomfortable. Who was that? That was Kurt Cotter. Really? Yes. Oh, that's neat. That's yeah, really for a, neat. and I would pull Kurt aside, and I'd be like, "All right, this is kind of weird, but for the last three months, every time you pray, I've I've already heard that, you know, and I didn't I didn't really understand what was going on. And then I have a really good girlfriend, Veronica Morrison, and we would um, we we decided that if the Lord speaks, we were going to practice hearing Him, and I, I've told people over the years, that's one of the best things you can do. And that makes people sometimes really uncomfortable to practice hearing the Lord's voice. It's the Lord. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have to practice something like, but we mess up. He doesn't mess up, you know, but we sometimes get it wrong. And so we would sit and listen together and we would listen for each other because I, she's a trustworthy friend. And so I, I could, I could make mistakes with her and I could give her a prophetic word and it wouldn't be really smooth and beautiful, but she had grace for me because we realized that we were going to be practicing this and doing it together. And we started to realize that the Lord was refining this gift and that he was doing something in it. And then we would pray for something or we would feel like he said something and then we would see it come to pass. And that sort of stuff just fuels you, you know, it makes you realize that the life in Christ is really adventurous. And so it's something that you just want more of when you get a taste of it. Um, just last week, um, you left me a message that um, the Lord wanted me to know that I'm 
that I've got a book to write and that it would speak to this next generation and they needed to hear it. Well, you didn't know, but I've been working on a book for the last couple of years and I've gotten really bogged down because I, I've almost talked myself into believing, well, this is just for my kids and you know maybe a couple of close friends and what difference does it make if I finish it or not? And You know what I mean? I, every one of us gets to a place where we're in a what difference does it make mode, and we need sometimes somebody to say, your life really does make a difference. What God is leading you to do is significant, and it's wonderful to hear that. And I, I'd like you to talk about um, when you hear from the Lord, how do you share it with other people? Because you have a way of doing it that's not offensive. You have a way of doing it that's not presumptuous, but you actually do it, and you don't do it in uh fear of man, you you have to get it out there. How do you share what you feel like the Lord's saying to you? Well, I would have to say that I that's been something that's been, um, I've had to get better at it. And I think that whole practicing beforehand with Veronica was really helpful because you learn different ways to say things. But also, I want to be a woman who hears and obeys. And so um, my fear of God has to be bigger than my fear of man. And so when I give a word to somebody, I um, prophecies for the building up and the edification mm -hmm. of, uh, of the person, of the body, of, of the church, um, of God's people. And so when I, I want to make sure that when I frame something, that it's, going to, that it's going to come across with that view that, you know, everything I'm seeing is this lens through God's goodness. But also that... Um, I have to be, I can't, I can't be overly concerned with how someone receives a word. And part of that is that I have been really horrible in seasons at receiving words that people give to me. And so I've had to like repent or ask for forgiveness or because someone will give me an accurate word. And I, at the time did not see it as being true. And so I was yeah. like, why, you know, so I think part of my own, you know, kind of faultiness in there has helped me to give words to people. But I always, um, I always hand it to somebody as a gift that it's from the Lord. Like, it's not from me. I have no idea how I received something like that. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was praying and this is something that I received. Um, and so I... I always hand it over with with the with the trust in the Lord that sometimes people aren't going to receive it the right way. Right. And and then and then also, but I do care about how they receive it because. I want to know if somebody says that's totally wrong or that's, yeah. you know, that's off. And then I go back to the Lord and I'm like, Hey, did I mess up there? Was I mm -hmm. disobedient? Was I not supposed to share that? Because you don't share everything that the Lord tells you. I would say that, you know, 85 or 90% of the things I hear from the Lord are because he lets me come alongside and intercede for him. But there'll be things where I'll feel like the Lord is like, no, I want you to share this with this person because it's going to build them up. It's going to yeah. encourage their heart. It's going to strengthen their relationship. And then what happens is, is in turn, I get blessed because when I told you that I thought, you know, I had, I, I was like, this is a whim. I don't really know if he's writing right. a book or not, but this is just the strong impression I had in my heart when I was praying. And then it was, a, it built me up too, because I was like, oh Lord, you're so good. Like, thank you. It never gets old when you hear something from the Lord. Thank yeah. you, God, that you speak to me. Thank you, Lord, that you love to share things with me. Um, thank you that you're a God who just, that's the way he operates in relationships. So so what, what I'm hearing, part of what you're saying is 
the, the reward of a prophet, because Jesus said that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. So the cost of being a prophet is it takes time and energy to seek God. You have to confront your own insecurities and fears and, and learn to listen to the Spirit. Um, and not everybody's going to want to hear what you have to say, and some people might think you're being presumptuous and judge you. And So that's part of the cost of a prophet. But the reward of a prophet is you get an insight into not only who the Lord is, but what the Lord's doing in people's lives in a good way, in a neat way. It's almost like he's got this garden and he says, you want to help me water the garden? You know, I'll show you some plants that need a little water. I'll show you some uh, fruit that's starting to ripen up and you get an insight. And then if somebody is able to recognize who you are in Christ and receive you, then they too get some of the benefit of the reward of a prophet in their life. That's so neat. That's so rich. Yeah, I think, and I'll, I, I think sometimes that it's like such a blessing to get to like, it's a, I, it's almost like the Lord like shares a secret with you, you know, or you, you get to, you get to know something about His heart, and so you just discover more of what He's like, or how much He cares about the little things in people's lives, and I would never say that, um, like. My my girlfriends would say, oh, she's a prophet or things like that. And I used to like balk at them. And I really would never like I don't like call myself that. Um, but I, I realize that it's like some, it's a gift that the Lord's given me. Um, but I it's something that like I really have pursued. And so I believe it's something that, you know, that Paul said, you could pursue this. This right. is something that's good to pursue. And right. I think it's a gift that the Lord gave me. But I I just I just pursued it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it is the right thing to do. And, and what's exciting is that everything in the New Testament is real and alive. And I think sometimes what people do is they start a little bit too big. You know what I mean? It's like Jesus said, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and, uh, or you can move mountains or whatever. And so they start right off with the mountain, and they hardly even have a grain of a mustard seed. And well, the mountain didn't move, so it just doesn't work, you know? And that's really a shame, because if we're willing to start small, be obedient in little things, um, and learn the ways of the Spirit, then there's all kinds of things that can happen. And uh, I feel like I'm still learning and growing, and I've been following Jesus for 46 years. And uh, I hope our listeners are going to continue to pursue him as well. My guest is um, Nisa Mok, and uh, she's a special person in my life, and I think you're enjoying this interview. We're going to have Nisa back after this break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am Tom Brown. Shonda Pierce, the Happily Laughter After Tour 
is coming up Thursday, October 13th at Highlands Church. You can get your tickets right now at faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. And now, here's Mark Buckley. Welcome back to Koinonia. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams Church. If you ever want to visit us at Living Streams, we're on the corner of Central and Glendale in Phoenix, and we have services 9.15 and 11 a.m., or look us up on the web at livingstreams.org. My guest is Nisa Moak, and um, Nisa has a prophetic ministry that's a real blessing. And um, Talk to us just a little bit more about this gift, Nisa. Well, one of the things the Lord's been teaching me about prophecy is, you know, there's different things that you get. Like sometimes I might hear something in the middle of the night or it's for intercession or it's, you know, I'm it's um, I'm on my own and I'm in a quiet time or I'm driving and I'm just talking to the Lord. But um, I've noticed I've had a transition in community recently. And so I've been noticing different things about community. And um, so I've been, been about six months in a new town in a new place and where I have a lot, I've had a lot of rich roots in Phoenix. I'm starting at the beginning of Chandler. So my community doesn't look the same. And I started to recognize when I was out of that community in Phoenix, that things, you know, that you start to notice the differences. And as I've been in Chandler and I get ingrained in community, I realize that that is one of the main ways that the Lord loves to speak to me or one of the times when he loves to speak to me is when I'm in community. So when I'm in a crowd or when I'm at church or maybe when I'm, I love to be with people who don't love Jesus. So I'm in, when I'm in community with people who, um, who aren't part of a church, it will be some of the richest times that the Lord will speak to me. And I believe that's because that's what the, the the gifts of the spirit are about. Yeah, yeah. And it's been just such a realization that, you know, there's a personal thing that happens between me and the Lord where we have a relationship and we talk, but there is, I, I just feel like there's this urgency on the part of the Lord that he loves for people to know that they are loved and he loves for people to know his heart. And so when I am in community, I realize that there's, that's when like there's a floodgate or that's when so much more happens or I'll hear, I'll hear things so much more specifically. And I really do believe that it's because those gifts aren't just about me. You know, I can't, I can't live a life that's on my own. Right. I have to be in community with other people. And that's, and I, my gift's been part, it's meant to be part of a body because I'm supposed to receive other gifts, you know? That's right. Well, there's, you know, unfortunately a, a mistaken notion that some people have that it doesn't really matter if you go to church, it doesn't really matter, you know, you can still love Jesus anyway, but it's just not the same. You know what I mean? The, the community is a gift, just like a healthy family is a gift. When it's Christmas, when it's your birthday, when it's Easter, when it's Thanksgiving, uh, it's such a blessing to have a family, people you get together with. And a community of people who follow Jesus Christ is an opportunity for richness, for us to build one another up, for us to grow together in a way that can't happen in isolation. Um, I'm going through a transition where I'm letting go of the lead role at Living Streams, but I'm going to stay very much involved in the community because that's what it's all about. That's my spiritual family, and I love my spiritual family. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, we're a part of a community we get the blessing of being around people who aren't like us. And so sometimes that's really hard because you don't get to choose who's in your church community. Right. You Sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes it's people that you wouldn't pick to like spend time with 
or they might have opinions that are a lot different than yours, but I would be a much flatter person if I only spent time with people who are like me. You know, I need to be around people who aren't like me and who are going to challenge me and who are going to have different values or different thoughts about things or different beliefs because that's how I grow, you know? And so that's one of the things I think that's a blessing about being a part of a church, especially multi-generational. You know, we need the young and we need the old and we, we need the sages. We need people who are going to pour into us and we need to learn from, from the youth, um, and, and the way that they pursue God or the way that they, um, you know, engage. And so I, I think community has just such a rich blessing in our lives. It does. And, you know, Jesus commanded us to love one another, to lay down our lives. He said, there's greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And in that command, in the fulfillment of that command, that's where the blessing is, just like in your marriage now. So you're married to an imperfect person. We're all married imperfect people married to imperfect people but in the fulfilling the lord's command to love one another that's how we grow that's how we bring the best out of each other that's how we're transformed and in community like you said we have all kinds of different people and they're not all natural friendships but as we love the people with those differences our lives get stretched we see more of christ we begin to find the value that he's put in different people and um, there's nothing quite like it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And I'm, my husband would probably say that he's married to an imperfect person, too. Oh, so. no, he would, he would that. Well, no. that's one of, the, one of the real challenges in life is that when we are in community, we see each other's faults, right? Just like in marriage, yeah. you see one another's faults. And as we learn to love each other in our weaknesses, in our faults, confront the sin that needs to be confronted and forgive the things that just need to be forgiven. That's how um, we really discover what it means to grow in Christ and become mature. And apart from that process, people never achieve spiritual maturity and they don't ever bear the fruit that God destined for them to bear. Oh, that's good. And I just, I believe there's a lot of healing in that too. I've seen that in community and I've seen that even in the beginning of my new marriage, you know, that when you're going to see my stuff or you're going to see my messiness and you're going to love me despite of it, um, or you're going to love me in it, then I, I gain this, there's a healing that happens. There's something that's, there's, cause it's a piece of the Lord, you know, it's a, I think it's something that's, um, Jesus is, Jesus is my first love. But this, there's this thing that the Lord's blessed me with this man who's a physical man who is a, a representation a lot of times of what what it looks like to really love well. And so I've felt like, oh, my goodness, Lord, I didn't know that you were going to do healing things like that. But that's really yeah. healing for somebody yeah. to love you even in your stuff, you know? Right. And if it says in First John, if we can't love our brother who we can see, how can we love God who we can't see? And I think what happens to us, at least in my life, is we if we get fixated on what somebody isn't doing right or their shortcomings and we become obsessed with that, then we miss the gift that they are. And that's that's a tragedy, really. We have to be able to see, I mean, we see one another in our weaknesses, but we have to be able to love one another in our weakness in order to um, bring the best out of each other. If I focus on what my wife doesn't do, then our marriage is just really full of stress and a bummer. If I'm continually thankful for what she does do and who she really is, then I bring the best out of her and, and we really enjoy life together. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's wisdom. So you're going to be having a baby one of these days too, right? <laughs> I am. How has that changed you already? Um, well, I, that's not something that I thought I was, I was, I don't, I was going to do like, you know, when I said when I was 25, I really did give a lot of things to the Lord. So it's kind of surprising that I'm, um, married and have a baby coming. And so it's definitely been a shift in identity. It's been, um, it's, it's been interesting just preparing, you know, you, um, I, I think that, um, you know, I've had different funny things happen and where the, the thing comes out of my mouth where I say, I, I'm, I couldn't help it. I'm pregnant or I don't know. I'm, and I was talking to the Lord about it today and there's part of it that I think is this like, well, you know, sometimes it's just, just an excuse, but I had a funny instance a week ago where I was at a high school football game with Young Life and I was in the middle of a whole bunch of high school kids and I accidentally started to fall down the bleachers and instead, so that I didn't fall down, I pushed a high school boy. <laughs> who just saw me from behind. So he probably thought I was just one of the boys or whatever. Right. And so he turned around with a fist and I'm covered in flour because that's what the kids do. They throw flour everywhere. And uh, I say, I'm sorry, I lost my balance. I'm pregnant. That he was like, why are you in the student section? But um, it's is funny. But I asked, I was talking to the Lord about it. And I think that part of it is also that there's this thing in me that knows it's a defense mechanism. Like I'm constantly thinking about there's a little life that I have to protect. Yeah, that's right. You know, and so there's it's not something that I, I can even separate from myself. And so it's so wild to um and for that even just to be, you know, happening. And uh, it's neat, too, because you get to be a part of something that the Lord's doing where you're like, whoa, God, you're constantly doing this. This is wild. Right, right. This is just part of, like, the beauty of life. So um, it's neat. And I'm sure I have lots more, you know, challenges and change and identity shifts to oh, come. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. My, my uh, famous line to ladies is when they're looking very, very pregnant and about to deliver, I say, um, your, your baby will come when you're totally fed up and sick and tired of being pregnant. Well, then you got two more weeks, mm-hmm. you know, That's funny. <laughs> because uh, I think part of it is that um, every stage of life, like we said earlier in the program, has its own unique challenges. And, and women get to a point where they're being woken up every night, several times a night. They can't sleep because of this baby. And uh, and they they can't, they can't wait for the baby to be born. But then when the baby's born, they get woken up several times a night. You know, there's a whole new set of challenges. Um, Nisa, you've moved to a new uh, city in Chandler. You're rebuilding community. Have you noticed that when you go into a new city and you have a whole new network of relationships, that some of the new people you're getting to know remind you almost exactly of people in your former community, that they have the same spirit, even though they look different and they have a different name and a different face, that they have, they're just going to be parallels? Oh, that's so interesting. I, um... That's so funny that you say that because I was on a walk with my husband last night and he was getting stream of consciousness. He turned to me and he was like, am I getting the stream of consciousness talk that you're doing right now? And one of my thoughts was, have you ever moved to a new community and you just expected to see people that were in your old community, yeah. you know? And so I, we were kind of discussing that a little bit. And um, I have I have seen that I'm I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to more of that, you know, but you see it like, oh, it's neat how you'll just start to recognize. Oh, I know I have a friend who God's gifted the same way. You know, I was chatting right, with somebody right. this weekend. I said, oh, I have somebody who's so much like you. You know, I would love to connect you with this person because I feel like your hearts would just be in sync. But um, that's I, that's a blessing of community, I think. Yes, it is. And it's, sometimes it's also 
a warning when you see somebody that um, has got the same spirit as somebody from your past that you uh, wished you had responded to a little bit differently the last time. My guest is Nisa Moak, and uh, we're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. Stay tuned to Koinonia. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. We're glad to have you with us. Welcome back to Koinonia. My guest has been Nisa Moak. It's still so hard for me to say it. I've known her since she was a little girl, and she's a woman of God. Nisa, thanks so much for sharing with us about the prophetic ministry and about your life. If somebody was interested in questions about prophetic ministry or or ministry in general, uh, what's a good way for them to contact you? I would be more than happy for anyone who is listening that wanted to engage in more discussion to send me an email. And it's just at my first and my last name at gmail.com. So it's Nisa, N-I-S-S-A, and then Moak, M-O-A-K, at gmail.com. Nisa Moak at gmail.com. I love to engage about how the Lord speaks. So I'm all up for questions, comments, suggestions. And that's wonderful. I I remember when you joined us for a home group uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, you were ministering to people, you know, doctors and developers and people that are... Uh, in a whole different sphere than you ever grew up in, and yet your gifts were flowing and God was using you and you touched people's lives in a very powerful way. And it was so beautiful for me to see it, you know. Um, You've had to face down the giants of fear and intimidation, and that's never easy, is it? No, it's not. No, it's a, it's a, um, do it afraid. <laughs> but do it. Yeah, but we do it. <laughs> work out your salvation in fear in and trembling. trembling. Yeah. You'll never regret yes, it. Yes, Thanks so yes. much, Nisa, Thank for you. being with Thank us you. Thank you for having me. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams, and if you're looking for a church in the Phoenix area, uh, we meet on the corner of Central and Glendale. We'd love to have you come by and visit or call, look up our website, livingstreams.org. Come by our service 9, 15, or 11 on Sunday. Um, or you could write me, marketlivingstreams.org, if you ever want to. I'd be glad to send you a newsletter or respond to any questions or uh, comments that you have. Nisa and I both want to encourage you. The Lord is speaking to you all the time. You can trust Him. He loves you. And He wants you to share the good news of His grace and love with others. Go ahead, speak, Jesus said, what you hear whispered in your heart. Shout it from the rooftops. Thanks for being with us today on Koinonia. God bless. Mm-hmm.